welcome to Book Bistro, where book enthusiasts come to chat about the books they love in a warm and supportive environment. Today is Monday. November 16th, 2020. This is Shannon, and I am here with rather a large amount of the Book Bistro crew. We have Stacy, Kristen, Kira, Brooke, and Natalia. And we are looking ahead to the month of December. It's kind of hard to believe that it is the last monthly picks of 2020. So we have all chosen three books that we are super excited about, and we are ready to tell you about them. I'm going to do the usual housekeeping information, then Kristen will start us off, followed by Brooke, Stacy, me, Kira, and lastly, Natalia. You can find us on Twitter and on Facebook by searching Book Bistro Podcast. You can always post just on the Book Bistro timeline. Some of you have done that. I'm always so happy to see when you've published posts there. You can join our Facebook listener group where you can chat with us as well as with other podcast listeners. You can keep an eye on some of what we're reading. We usually update you each Wednesday with a look at our current reads. If you'd like to get a hold of us and social media is not really your thing, you can email us. That address is thebookbistropodcast at gmail.com. All right, Kristen, whenever you're ready. My first book this evening is by Danica Dark. And she is a new author for me. Um, And I'm happy to say that I made it through the first Madgerie book and I'm actually going to keep going. So I, um, and I've looked at all of her, not all of like every single book on Goodreads, but it looks like everything intertwines, which I like. So eventually I will get to the series. It's like Um, a huge universe that just like, but I think with this black, with the black arrowheads one, which I'm about to talk about, I think you don't have to read the rest to get into this because from what I can tell, this is about shifters um, and not mage. Right. But there are shifters throughout oh, the yes like you'll see some oh, shifters okay. as you move through um the madri uh, yeah you'll okay. see shifters cool i like shifters um so this this book is called the vow black arrowhead number one by danica dark and it comes out on december 1st and this is about two shifters um there is a girl and she has to turn to another shifter um what they call it a tribal leader to help save her business we don't exactly know what business she has or what happens but she has to turn to him to help her um it from what i can tell takes place in oklahoma It's called Running Horse, Oklahoma, and apparently it is not on the map. So she um, she has gone to to talk to this other shifter, and it is a friend of her brother's. Um, 
and apparently they used to have um they had like feelings for each other in the past but i guess they haven't seen each other in years and now she's having to turn to him and he's one of those wolves that um you know macho doesn't really want to share his emotions or anything so she's having to turn to him to help save her business and they have to learn to deal with their desires for each other um and figure out if they're coming together is going to be a good thing or a bad thing. Um, we, we just aren't really told a lot in the synopsis. So, but from all of the synopsis that I've read of her other books and everything, this is probably going to turn out to be a pretty good, uh, pretty good book. And I like shifters and I like um, slow burn romances. So I think this is going to turn out to be really good. So this again is called The Vow, Black Arrowheads Number 1 um, by Danica Dark, and it comes out on December 1st. I am so excited for this, and I have to pause for a moment and say that we should all like honor Nicole Poole because she is one of my very favorite She narrators. does a really good job. Yeah, I, I do like her reading. So the first book that I'm going to talk about tonight is A Sky Beyond the Storm, An Ember in the Ashes, number four, by Sabah Tahir, and it comes out on December 1st, which is not too far from now. No. So in this book, we've got, um, we've got the djinn, and they are a group of not great people that have been imprisoned for a really long time. So they're at a prison and they are causing havoc in towns and cities, killing people and stuff like that. Then we have um, the Nightbringer and um, he is vowing to destroy all of his human foe. And meanwhile, we've got the Commandant who has now declared herself to be an Empress and she is demanding that anybody that goes against her be killed. So we've got these people causing some problems. And then we've got Leia, who's a main character for many of the um, first three books. And she's currently um, recuperating and trying to, like she's trying to work through the fact that she's lost both her brother and her um, lover. So she's dealing with that and she's working alongside the Brett, the blood strife. I always have trouble. <laughs> blood strike. Sorry. I have trouble with that word. Um, so she's working alongside her and they're trying to bring down the Nightbringer. Meanwhile, in the area of the waiting or the place of the waiting or something like that. It's called um, like we've the got, realm of the waiting or the, I think it's realm of the waiting or something like that. Um, we've got the soul catcher and he is trying to do his job while also trying to get over a love that he's lost and the life that he used to have. Um, Cause he's stuck in this area and he can't go back to he can't have the people that he wants right um so we've got him he's doing his thing but he knows that there's some bad things happening with the night uh the night with the, the night bringer sorry and he feels that he needs to 
go beyond his usual duties and help out with this war or whatever that's happening with the Nightbringer. Because he knows that if he leaves it alone, that he might lose everything that he's ever known. So this is A Sky Beyond the Storm, A Number in the Ashes, number four, by Sabah Tahir. And it comes out on December 1st. So many I'm so excited on December 1st. I know, yes. I'm so excited to see how it all ends. Yes, because this is the last one. Yeah, and I'm interested to see, like, what does she come up with next? Yes, she's so cool. So December 1st is going to be an epic book release day. I can just feel it in my heart. Yes, it is. And one reason why it's going to be an epic book release day is because we are going to get a new J.R. Ward novel Yay! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> on, on December 1st. And this is a long-awaited entry in the Black Dagger universe. Yes! And it's called A Warm Heart in Winter. And it is the Black Dagger Brotherhood book. You ready for this? 18.5, because it's supposedly a novella. Again, it's by J.R. Ward. When I just looked it up on Goodreads, it says that it's actually um, in print, like, 490-some pages. Yeah, she um, says it's I'm at length. Yeah, it's like a super, like, we get a full-length J.R. Ward as like our big, holiday like, treat. Yes. Yeah. Instead of, and, like, the little I've already pre-ordered novellas. It. Yeah. <laughs> not that, like, um, Where Winter Finds You was, like, super short. Right. But I love that it looks closer to... Like, like a, a full length yeah, entry. I do too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, for those of you who don't know this series, you know, just tune me out now because I'm going to be talking about, about people you don't know, because of course, if this is book 18.5, obviously, and it's, it's a sort of um, ever building series that builds one book upon another. You can't sort of really jump into her world. Um, I mean, you could, no. but you'd be confused. So you'd be you very lost. <laughs> so- and Natalia would never <laughs> forgive you. No, she wouldn't. (laughs) I wouldn't either. (laughs) Especially not with this series. Right. So this book is sort of um, a long-awaited additional sort of book about um, a couple named Blaylock and Quinn. And Blay and Quinn had their, they've been part of the series ever since the very early days. Um, But they had their book, um, Lover at Last. It was book 11 in the series. But, you know, after all this time has gone by, they're deeply in love. Um, they are co-parenting um, twins with Layla. And, you know, all is great in the world. But the one thing that's never actually happened is the full mating ceremony, including um, getting the, um, the names carved in each other's backs and all of the, the love. There was a great engagement party, um, but never like the full um, mating ceremony. So... The whole household, of course, gets in on the act of planning this mating ceremony. And unfortunately for Blaine Quinn, but fortunately for all of us who really enjoy him, Lassiter decides he is going to head up the party planning committee. Oh, dear. (laughs) I know. So, you know, if Lassiter is in charge, there's going to be humor and over-the-top ridiculous. Well, then, you know, everything is going along just swimmingly until... A giant storm blows into Caldwell, New York, and um, where, you know, people are in need of help and in the midst of trying to offer aid, um, Blay and Quinn are separated and one of their lives 
is basically in mortal peril and is in jeopardy. And oh so God. the concern is, will this night of love and commitment and the mating ceremony end in disaster or will they get their happily ever after that both so richly deserve? And this, my friends, is A Warm Heart in Winter, The Black Dagger Brotherhood, book 18.5 by J.R. Ward. And it comes out on December 1st. So don't talk to me that day because I won't me answer either. the phone. Yeah. Can and- I say <laughs> that this better not end like the shadows? Oh, no, it oh, won't. She wouldn't gosh, do that to us yes, in the holidays. Was- she, she better, better not. not. <laughs> no, and I honestly, um, I, I listened to an interview about this book. So I, I do feel as though um, we have hope for a hopeful ending. That's all I'm going to okay. say. <laughs> so. so my first pick tonight will be of interest to Natalia and possibly to Brooke and maybe to Kira and Melissa. But I think that's probably it. So many years ago, I discovered the writing of A.R. Tori, which is a pseudonym for Alessandra Tori. And I fell in love with her books that dealt with Deanna Madden. The first one is called The Girl in 6E. That trilogy ended, and I've been sad for a while because there have not been more A.R. Tory books. Now, though, there's a new one. So this is Every Last Secret by A.R. Tory. It also comes out on December 1st, like so many things. Mm-hmm. And it says, welcome to the neighborhood. Watch your husband, watch your friends, and watch your back. Yes. So it is about two women. One of them is a longstanding resident of this neighborhood, and the other has just recently moved in. And they strike up a friendship, but... The friendship is not all that it appears to be because there are some pretty deep-rooted obsessions and other sorts of twisty, diabolical things that are going on. Um, One of these women wants to live the perfect life, and she will do everything she can to accomplish that, even if it means taking over the life of her so-called friend. So this is twisty and diabolical and because it's A.R. Tory, like definitely dark and maybe even a little sexy. Um, Alessandra Tory writes erotic romance and she is so incredibly talented and I just I love her so much whichever name she's writing under. So I'm really excited for this. It's Every Last Secret by A.R. Tory, and it comes out on December 1st. I'm looking forward to this book. I liked her, the other the books that you were talking about, the girl yes, in sixty. Yes, Deanna Madden. Yes, they were so good. I wish they had gone on. I know. I do too. I love the book that she wrote about the author. Oh, uh, the ghostwriter. What's it called? Oh my God! Yes, yes, yes that book was so good. I, I'm so excited about every last secret. Um, well, Beastresses, the next book I'm going to talk about is called The Mermaid from Jeju, and it is by Sumi Han, and it comes out on December the 
uh, eighth, actually. I was going to say December first, but this is the first one that we have on December eighth. <laughs> um, so this is an interesting book. It's a like kind of historical. Takes place after post World War II Korea, and our main character's name is Go Ju Jun, uh, Junju. Sorry, um, and she is a like it's uh it's she's described as a girl coming into her own uh she is something this is more like a coming of age story she's the latest um successful deep diver in her family who um deep dives and um they pull things up from the ocean floor including um abalone and um other sea delicacies uh for like pork and meat and other things that are not so readily available. Um, there is a big dive that happens every year at um, Mount Hala. And um, this year, uh, Go has decided to um, actually, because I think it's actually her, I think her actual first name is. Um, of Jujun, it's not Go, that's her last name. So anyway, sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, she's decided to do the deep dive and um, she's very excited to do this. And the, the, mount, the mountainside and the mountain country is kind of like different from what she's used to. She lives in the sea area, but like doing the mountain dive is like a big rite of passage basically. And so, um, she actually falls in love with a young boy named Yang Suol. And um, I guess it's like a summer fling kind of thing um, because um, he actually saves her from one of her dives. And I guess in her recuperation, she's supposed to take a dive but is unable to. And actually her mother dies on um, during a deep dive um, in like a storm. Yeah. So this is like the beginning of the end, as I like to call it, um, for our main character because she is now dealing with the grief of losing her mother. Her younger siblings are being sent to live with an estranged father. Suol's gone, and um, her mother, it says the ghost of her mother is haunting them. I'm not sure if this is like a more of a magical thing or if like her ghost is like, if it's like a metaphor or for actual ghost is haunting them, I, it'd be interesting to figure out like what, what that is, um, what the truth behind that is. And then behind all of this is the fact that this is um, that Korea is kind of reeling from Japan's withdrawal after World War II and they're making way um, for the U.S. to establish troops in Korea. And so it's all this... Um, external and internal conflict her uh, she later finds out that Suol's actually been um, um, arrested um, for harboring communists <laughs> and yeah so it seems like our main character uh, is gonna have a lot on her plate and I'm really interested to see how like these events shape her and shape and how like the history plays into this so again this is the mermaid from Jeju and the author is Sumi Han and it comes out on December 8th. I thought of you as soon as I saw this. Like I was pretty sure you <laughs> were going to pick it. <laughs> it looked really good. I almost Sounds asked so good. for this book actually. 
Did you? Almost. <laughs> but then I, um, well, obviously didn't. But it look it does look really good. I actually might pick it up at some point. Cool. So my next book is by an author I've mentioned quite often here. And it also comes out December the 1st. This is a young adult thriller, which seems to be this author's specialty. And I love thrillers of any kind. And, you know, it's funny because speaking of our Family Secrets episode, this would be like the perfect book. But But since this book will be released, when we talk about secrets that families hide, we will be talking about it today. (laughs) So... This book is called The Cousins by Karen M. McManus. And this is about the Story family. Is that funny or what? That's a good name. Yeah, I like that name. The Story family. So mainly Aubrey and Jonah are all cousins, but they don't know each other. And they know their cousins, but they the only thing that they know is that their grandmother, who is rich and reclusive, disinherited their parents years ago. But they don't know why. They don't know how. They don't know anything about that because it happened before they were born. But they each receive a letter from their grandmother inviting them to work at her island resort for the summer. Mind you, this is a grandmother that they've never met. So, of course, this makes them very curious about why she's inviting them and it makes them very surprised and contrary to what they think their parents are all for them going actually it's to the point where not going is an option because is not an option because this might be a good way to get into grandma's good graces and of course i imagine inherit the money and yet when the cousins get to the island resort they start to discover that the past of their family is very, very dark. The entire story family has secrets and whatever pulled them apart years ago is not over. This summer, the cousins will learn everything there is to know. And you, my friends, will never feel the same about family again. So if you like a thriller that will probably keep you guessing till the last minute, like all her other thrillers have me, you want to read The Cousins by Karen M. McManus, and, and it comes out on December 1. What a marvelous, marvelous release day. You know, I think I might take the day off that day. <laughs> I need to. There's a lot of good stuff coming out that day. Yes. <laughs> I love books about royals. I love royal romance and all of that good fancy glittery royal stuff so this caught my attention um and i know of quite a few ladies in this group that like Alyssa cole so it is one of hers Yay. um and it is called uh how to catch a queen run a runaway royals book one by Alyssa cole So this is, I'm not going to attempt the names of these characters because I will butcher them. But um, this girl, she's always wanted to be a queen. And she gets her chance because she, um, there's an arranged marriage with her and the king of this 
kingdom that I'm also not going to try to say the name of. Um, and, but this isn't a, this is kind of a thing where she's an outsider to the, to her new people. Um, and because of that, and because she is a woman, um, they just don't, they don't take her very seriously as their queen. They don't think that she has the solutions to any problems or knows what she's talking about when it comes to politics. And the king, um, he was, you know, born into this position. He was well suited for, for being king. Um, and he's taken a queen as he's supposed to, but he doesn't really expect them to be in a love match. Um, but of course, you know, that happens. Uh, he doesn't expect to fall in love. So that kind of tells me that they end up falling in love. But because his, his people don't exactly accept her because she's an outsider, um, it starts to take a toll, toil, toll on, sorry, on their marriage. And there's, that brings on some other things in, in the kingdom itself. And so she goes on the run. And he has to decide whether he can, you know, if it's worth it to go after her, does he love her enough to go after her? And to also, does he have what it takes to to rule his people, to lead his people and to make them see that, hey, this is my queen. And, you know, she has a lot of good ideas and we, you know, you follow me, you need to respect her as well. And so I really... I really think I'm going to enjoy this book. I think there's some, you know, found romance in it as well because arranged arranged marriages aren't always love matches, but they can come to be. Um, it's royalty, and I love that. And also, I I have never read an Alyssa Cole book, so I'm interested to see how her writing is. And since so many people love her, I think I'll like it too. So again, this is How to Catch a Queen, Runaway Royals, number one, by Alyssa Cole. And it also comes out on December 1st. Yes. I recently read the first book in her Reluctant Royal series, which this is a spinoff of. And I wasn't sure if I would like it because I really like historical books about royalty, but I wasn't sure how I would kind of fall into the like contemporary royalty and it was mm-hmm. so, so good. So I want to read the rest in that series and then go on to this one. I, I love Alyssa Cole and I hate royals. And so I, um, I just, I don't ever read books about royals unless Alyssa Cole has written them because um, I, I like her style a lot. I think she could write me like an unabridged phone book and I'd probably enjoy <laughs> She does a lot of research into like her settings and her characters. So um, I like authors that do that. Yeah. So the next book that I'm going to talk about is Breathe Your Last, Josie Quinn, number 10 by Lisa Reagan. And it comes out on December 9th. I was actually surprised because I would have thought it was going to come out on the 8th, but it comes out on the 9th. So in this book, we have our main character, Josie Quinn, who is a detective. And she is 
she goes to uh, Denton University to visit her brother. And while there, she discovers a woman face down in the pool. And so while getting this person out of the pool, she realizes that she actually knows this person. Um, She is, or she was a champion swimmer. And she remembers seeing her on the podium with her teammates. So she's kind of confused. She doesn't know like what happened or is this like a bad thing? Well, of course the bad thing, but like, did somebody do it or did she have an accident? But it's hard because she was a, like a a pro swimmer. So you would think that it wasn't just an accident. So um, she goes and she talks to her par- like her family, and her family are also kind of confused because they know that Nisa would never have done something to risk her life or to risk her scholarship. And also, she's just somebody that everyone loves and just somebody that like kind of like a rule follower, so not somebody that would get into trouble, they think. Um, so while looking for Nisa's backpack which she's hoping will hold some clues um she finds it and the only thing that she finds in her backpack is some candy wrappers and her cell phone and in her cell phone there's a peculiar note and it says be a mermaid so then we move on to a retired firefighter who Um, whose grandchildren almost get burnt up in a fire. And when talking to the kids, Josie finds out that the last thing that their grandpa said to them was be a match. So she now thinks that there's something to do with these candy wrappers because there seems to be a pattern going on. But nobody really believes that that these crimes are linked because they're just so different. So she needs to prove to her, her team that there's something going on. But while this is all happening, she's kind of in a bit of a, having some trouble with her partner. Um, he's both her partner in working and also her partner in personal life. So they're having a bit of some trouble. And so he's not really there to help. So she's having to work on her own. But then while doing this, she gets into some trouble. And now she's in the grips of this person that's um, causing these problems. And she she needs to kind of rely on her team to hope. She's hoping her team will be able to find her in time. So this is Breathe Your Last, Josie Quinn, book 10 by Lisa Reagan. And it comes out on December 9th. I have the first book in the series on my iPad. They're so good. Like I, um, I was really surprised. Like I don't sometimes like with books that are a series and it's a long, like this is 10 books, right? And, but pretty much all the books in the series I've given 4.5 stars. Like they're just really, really good. Excellent. So when I found out that this author had a book coming out, I was excited in a sort of lukewarm way because um, the first book in her new series that I did not read full transparency um, 
looked like it was going to be a, histor a historical romance that included many potted palms and um, sort of like assignations in the conservatory. And so I thought to myself, I might have to give this series a pass because that's not my jam. And then I read two sentences that describe this book and I decided I would have to change my mind. So the book is When the Rogue Meets His Match, Great Court Number Two by the incomparable Elizabeth Hoyt. Yes. And I knew I would have to talk about this book and I actually might have sung a bit of an off-key aria when <laughs> I read these two sentences. An enemies to lovers romance and then ambitious, sly, and lethally intelligent. Gideon Hawthorne has spent his life clawing his way up from the gutter. And I wrote to Shannon and I said, sign me up. I want it. It's mine. <laughs> because I love historical romances with like, like for lack of a nicer description, like gutter heroes. And I love enemies to lovers. So this book is about Gideon Hawthorne. And for the past 10 years, he has been the quote fixer for the Duke of Windermere. And now he's ready to branch off on his own to do his own thing without kind of having to work for the Duke. But the Duke says to him, I have one more task that I need you to complete. And if you do this, I will offer you Messalina Greycourt's hand in marriage. Well, Gideon could not refuse such an offer because apparently Miss Messalina Greycourt is somebody who is sort of intriguing to him. And so he decides to do this final task. When young and vivacious Messalina Greycourt is told that she has to marry Mr. Hawthorne, she is appalled because she can have any suitor she wants. <laughs> and she just doesn't know how this is going to work. <laughs> However, the odious Mr. Hawthorne tells her that as long as she plays the part of a contented wife, he will not ever touch her until she asks him to. <laughs> well, Messalina is pretty sure that she can, you know, kind of avoid kind of getting intimate with Mr. Hawthorne. But the more time she spends with him, as we all know in Romance Landia, the harder it becomes oh, yeah. to keep separate from him. <laughs> and my darlings, that is all I know, but this is Elizabeth Hoyt. So I know that the sex will be sexy. The hero will be tortured. The heroine will be smart and resourceful, and we will have some sort of fantastic historical romance. So this book again, friends, is When the Rogue Met His Match, Grey Court Number 2 by Elizabeth Hoyt, and it comes out on the best day of December, which is December 1st. Yay! I love yeah, Elizabeth Hoyt. I haven't decided if I like The Raven Prince better or the second uh, book oh. better. I still haven't decided, but uh, Milady is like the best line ever. <laughs> I have not finished the Prince trilogy, but I need to. Um, I haven't I, either. I got stuck on the third book. I haven't finished it. I'm obsessed like I with the um, um, Maiden Lane series. I love um, Maiden Lane. And you I know really I haven't liked... started those? Oh! Me too. <gasps> I hope that when you guys do <sighs> your holiday episode... That somebody talks about the Maiden Lane Christmas book. Once Upon a Christmas like, Eve? That one? Uh, yes. 
All right. So my next book, um, the title of this kind of made me laugh. And I don't usually laugh at like book titles. <laughs> but this is The Chicken Sisters by yes. <laughs> K.J. Delantonia. And this is a story of fried chicken, family feuds, and reality television. Oh, dear. I was half expecting Stacy to take this from me. And I'm guessing that if the Elizabeth Hoyt book hadn't been coming out, um, that might have been a possibility. But this is kind of a, like a family saga of two warring families who both have chicken restaurants that they want to be sort of like the most renowned. And because of this ongoing feud, like there's all kinds of, oh, what's the word I want? Like, like strife, I guess, between these two families. Now, a while before our story starts, someone in one of the families sort of turned traitor and went to work for the other one. And so this is absolutely no good. And now our heroine, who is a young widow, has decided that she wants her family and the enemy family to go on this TV show called Kitchen Wars. And her hope is that this will sort of solve this feud once and for all. Whoever wins this show will sort of just know that they're the best. And hopefully then they can just go on with life and they can have their restaurants. They can you know, make the chicken that they love. They can just kind of move on without all of this, all these bad feelings that they have for the other, the other side. But of course, as you would expect, things don't go as smoothly as she hoped they would once they are on the set of Chicken Wars or Kitchen Wars, I mean. Yeah. I, I would like a thing called Chicken Wars. Um, I know. Maybe Brooke could make it with all of her chickens. <laughs> they have um, chicken wars sometimes. Yeah, see? <laughs> so when they get to the set of Kitchen Wars, things do not go as smoothly as anticipated. And I'm really looking forward to seeing kind of how this all plays out. I've become a really big fan of like reality show stories. So I'm super excited for this one. It is a debut novel. This is The Chicken Sisters by KJ Delantonia, and it comes out on December 8th. Maybe I should have taken this book from you just because I love the idea of like fighting over chicken. Yes. Um, but especially fried chicken. Right. But I but guess you don't so, really then like I would chicken, have, so I hate chicken. I absolutely hate chicken. But I love the idea of like dueling restaurants. It reminds I me of like chicken. the 100 foot journey um, <laughs> where the two restaurants were so close and they had like all these different like competitions to lure the patrons in and all that. So I bet I will love reading this book. <laughs> so on that whole topic or that whole theme of, I guess, family wars, we have my next book, which is The Notorious Virtues by Allwine Hamilton. And this book seems really kind of like nothing I've read before. The main character, her name is Honora, but her um, basically she just goes by Nora. She is um, the Holtzful, the daughter of the Holtzful heiress, which is the richest family in Wallstad. And her family owns basically all the magic and um, in the country. And um, that guess what's that is 
I guess, what makes them so rich. And um, there's a mysterious murder, basically. And um, Nora's mother is presumed dead, or she is dead. And this kind of puts the family heir, the family heir, the family fortune, and by extension, the family heir, into question who's going to take over the family fortune and get the rights to all that the um, Holtzfolds like are entitled to or, or not entitled to, but they own. And so um, enter this like kind of interesting, almost Hunger Games vibe where now all the extended friends and family are, oh, sorry, all the extended family, no friends. <laughs> it doesn't seem like these people really have friends. Um, <laughs> um, all the extended um, family are getting together to kind of like have a contest of magic. And um, there are a couple of people vying for the new position as head of um, household or head of the uh, family um, heir. Um, so there's Nora, who's in the running because, of course, uh, her mother was one that was killed. Then there are Nora's cousins, who are also in the running, who want to grab the family fortune. But there's an interesting contestant, uh, a surprise contestant, if you will, um, a girl named Lottie, who is the illegitimate daughter of Nora's aunt, so Nora's sister. Um, Nora's mother's sister um, and Lottie has been absent from the family because of her estrangement but now the competition is calling her back from the shadows and um, the feelings the family has towards Lottie have not changed and most of them want her dead so as Nora discovers that her mother's death was not an accident but indeed murder and this contest is going on the family fortune is kind of left in peril and we'll see who comes out on top and who um wins the family fortune in the end and so this book is called the notorious virtues notorious virtues number one by all wine hamilton and it comes out on december the 18th i'm Ooh. very excited yes Yes, I am excited for this one. Um, this author has another series, which is Rebel of the Sands, that looks really good, but I haven't read it yet. But I definitely want to pick this one up. So the next book I'm going to talk about does not come out on December 1st. In fact, it comes out December 29th. So right at the end of 2020 comes a dark, twisted thriller by a, an author who has a very dark, very twisted, very disturbing mind. And I feel like since this year has been very dark, very twisted, and very disturbing, it is fully okay with me that I have to wait till the 29th because I feel like we should top the year off with all the dark, disturbing things. So next year, we have a much better one. I think <laughs> you all will agree, yes? Let's hope so. Right. <laughs> so this is The Wrong Family by Taryn Fisher. And if you haven't read Taryn Fisher, I have to tell you, I don't know what book I've read by her that has disturbed me more. I read her romance her romance books. Those disturbed me. Her thrillers disturbed me. And 
um shannon and i are and and brooke too probably are very into thrillers twisty we love um mysteries and and i guess we love murder too yeah murder's great yeah murder's fine especially on wow. christmas no i'm kidding but <laughs> but this author is disturbing in a different way. I don't know how to explain it. It's not it's not that her books are gruesome or it's it's just nothing I've ever read before. So I'm sure that this book is going to be the same concept. So this book is about Juno. And Juno is a, a retired therapist and she was wrong about Winnie Crouch. Who is Winnie Crouch? Well, Winnie Crouch is married to a man named Nigel, and they have a son together, and Juno ends up moving in with them. We don't know what Juno's relationship is to the Crouch family at all. It is very unclear in the synopsis, but what we do know is that Juno thought they had the perfect family, perfect marriage, perfect son, perfect life, except... Uh, when she moves in, she realizes that this is not necessarily true, even though she's living in their beautiful house that's just as beautiful as she thought their marriage was. She realizes that the cracks and the crumbling facade of their lives, lives are too deep for her to ignore. But Ooh. she isn't one to judge. You know, she's got a grim diagnosis. She's grateful. She just wants a peaceful existence and especially so that she can have the rest of her days the way she wants them. But that piece is shattered the day she hears a very chilling conversation between Winnie and Nigel that she was not supposed to hear. She shouldn't get involved, right? But this could be her chance to make a few things right. And if you thought that Juno didn't have a secret, you were wrong. So if you've ever been wrong about somebody and you love really reading thrillers that will go in every direction that you didn't think they would go in the most disturbingly amazing way possible, you want to read this book. This is The Wrong Family by Taryn Fisher. And it comes out on December 29th. I so badly want to read this. I know. I read The Wives like last month and I, I still like don't really even like fully know what I think about it it was just so wildly strange yeah that that book was strange but all her other books well they're strange but they're better that was my least favorite book by her so my final book tonight um is one that really caught my attention so I'm glad that Shannon gave it to me fairy godmothers incorporated and this is by, I guess you say, Serana DeWild. Um, so this book sounds like all the lovely things to me. Um, it almost, if it had a Christmas theme to it, it would almost be the perfect Hallmark movie, in my opinion. <laughs> um, so this takes place in a in a little town called ever after missouri and this there in this town there are three godmothers um and they look to all have the names of flowers and so i really like that 
then there's this girl named Lucky. And she, uh, it says that her first name is a cosmic joke. That she is so unlucky that even the number seven steers clear of her. So she must be pretty <laughs> unlucky. <laughs> um, but when her godmothers ask her to, you know, promote that ever after is a good wedding destination. Um, she can't really tell them no because she loves her godmothers. Then on the other side of things, there is a guy named Ransom Payne. And he is Lucky's ex-boyfriend. He also happens to own a chocolate shop in Ever After, Missouri. And his godmothers want him to um, create the facade along with Lucky that Ever After is a great wedding destination and he also thinks that doing this could boost sales for his chocolate shop and but the thing is is that lucky and ransom have been exes for quite a while and there's some sort of situation that apparently was like really really embarrassing i don't know if that's what broke them up or if there was just something else hopefully we'll learn that in the story it doesn't really explain that um but you know the whole thing is that they're supposed to be promoting ever after as a great destination and but you know they're not they don't really want to do this because of their past but obviously the fairy godmothers have other plans and they don't want to let them down so they're working together and this is going to bring them back together obviously and they're going to see that Maybe they can make something out or, you know, make a relationship after all. They might just find some love in the midst of all this craziness. So this looks really interesting. I love the thought of fairy godmothers. Um, I like the the sound of ever after Missouri. Um, And hopefully it will be a happily ever after at the end of all of this. So... I'm looking forward to this. And so this is called Fairy Godmothers Incorporated by Serena DeWild. And this comes out also on December 29th. Oh my God. I need this book. It's like everything I want right now. I know, right? The sap and the chocolate and the like (laughs) stupid name for the town. And like the. Wouldn't this be perfect? (laughs) Yes. I I can just picture like the sappy romance ballads playing and like. Yes. Second chance romance. Oh my God, it's all the things. And I'm telling you right now, if I would have even looked at this book, Kristen, we would have had like a, I don't know. A sword no, fight you would have had to give up J.R. Ward oh. to me. For you to take- oh. All right, that's fair. That's fair that I, I, I can see. <laughs> I have to read this. Like right I also second. chose this book. It sounds <laughs> oh. really good. Yeah. Tira, boom. And Rosal so- can tell us about another thriller. <laughs> yep, I can so the last book that I'm going to talk about tonight is Wrong Alibi, Murder in Alaska, number one, yes. by Christine Dodd. And it comes out on December 29th. Oh, another book for that day. Yes. So we can either read this one or if, we're, if you're like me and read lots of books, you can read this one and then the Taryn Fisher and then cap it off with that nice... 
Or well, Brooke, you, you could probably you read could also, all three of those in or one you day. Bookmark, or you could bookmark <laughs> them. And that'd be one be have thriller, then lovely chocolate, chocolate love, and then another thriller. And then another like romantic suspense. Yes. Uh, there yeah, are many exactly. ways to do this. Yes. <laughs> so in this book, we have our main character, and her name is Evelyn Jones. And Evelyn Jones is 18 years old, and she has what she thought the perfect job. She has found a job with a man in the middle of nowhere on a mountain in, in his, and um, she thinks it's a great job. I'm not really sure what she does, but she thinks it's great. But then some things happen and Donald White, who is the man, he leaves her high and dry and now she is on the on the like holding the bag for a theft, um, some embezzlement, and Whoa. two murders. So um. <laughs> she's on her way to jail, but of course she's telling everyone, "No, I'm innocent," and nobody's listening. So something happens, and she ends up getting free. So she goes on the run. And while she's in hiding, she's trying to get her life back and also find Mr. White, um, this elusive killer. So while she's doing this, this is all happening. And then Mr. White comes back. And... I'm thinking about what happens after that. (laughs) So Mr. White comes back and now she's kind of like, well, she's now the predator is becoming the hunted. And so she is looking for him and he's trying to get away from her. And she's hearing some things that are making her a little nervous because she's worried that she's going to, be framed for yet another murder but this time it will be the murder of her family so oh. this book looks freaking amazing like i love christine dodd like her books are so so good so yes, this they are. is yeah and it's so different like it's so different from her last um series that i read oh yeah i read um, but i really like the military yeah there's a military background where this one is a teenager so yes. this is Wrong Alibi by Christine. Oh, sorry. Wrong Alibi, Murder in Alaska, number one, by Christine Dodd. And it comes out on December 29th. I will be buying this. So the last book I'm going to talk about tonight is by a new-to-me author. And I'm really excited about this book because... Um, when I see the title, How to Fail at Flirting, I'm like, ooh, that looks fascinating. So this is, is by so Denise Williams. Mm-hmm. And it comes <laughs> out on December 1st, like the magic day. And this book is about Naya Turner. And Naya Turner is a professor. And she's having a bad kind of run of luck here because her university department is on the chopping block. And she's really stressed out about this. 
So Naya's friends convince her to, in quotes, trade out her frumpy cardigan for a night on the town. And so Naya decides she's going to make this to-do list that she's going to kind of check out over the course, check off over the course of this night. Um, and so Naya goes out, she gets a guy to buy her a drink and she basically does all these different things. And she ends up having this hookup with this guy named Jake. But the issue with Jake is he ends up being way more than a hookup and he begins helping Naya kind of get beyond her last relationship, which was an abusive relationship um, with her ex-boyfriend. And, you know, it's, things are starting to kind of go really well for Naya, but then, you know, there's some complications that arise uh, from her dating Jake that could cause um, her professional life to be in jeopardy. And so Naya has to decide between what's safe and what she knows, or to trust the person who is making her feel alive again. And I love books about academia. I love books about, you know, people letting down their metaphoric hair and, you know, kind of doing things that yeah. are outside their comfort zone. And so <laughs> yeah. I'm really excited about this book. It is How to Fail at Flirting by Denise Williams. And it comes out on December 1st. That sounds I heard good very things interesting. About this one. This you've heard good things about the book or about the author. I don't. I haven't heard of her at all. So you mean the book, Shannon? Yeah, I'm excited. No, I think I this think is it's... her first book. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so I have saved my most anticipated book for last. This will surprise absolutely no one. But my <laughs> last pick is Starlight Web. A paranormal women's fiction novel. Ooh, oh Moonshadow my god! Bay, book one by <laughs> Yasmin Galanorn. Yasmin Galanorn. So happy! Big surprise! Ooh, yes, I know, right? <laughs> I didn't know she was writing paranormal women's so, fiction novels. I'm so excited about this. Yes, this is the first one. So, this is coming out sometime between November. I'm sorry, December seventh. And December 28th. I don't know which one. Um, originally, it was scheduled for the 7th. And then she pushed it back to the 28th. So I'm not sure. But it doesn't matter. Because I pre-ordered it. And so whenever it comes <laughs> out, it'll just come zooming onto my iPad. And I will be happy. <laughs> so Paranormal Women's Fiction is kind of a newly emerging subgenre. And it is usually about women over 40. So instead of like the traditional urban fantasy or paranormal romance where everybody's like, you know, 18 or 25, um, we get to see some older heroines, which I think is super cool. So this is the story of January Jackson. And it's just around her 40th birthday. And she has lost everything. Um, her husband has thrown her out around the holidays. He's taken over the business that they built together. And basically, she's just like drifting. So she ends up moving to Moonshadow Bay. And she finds a job at this sort of paranormal investigating website. Now, she was born into a long line of witches, but she's not 
really sure what she thinks about the whole like paranormal thing. Like she thinks maybe there are some supernatural forces at work in the world, but she doesn't necessarily know that they can manifest themselves in the ways that people are describing on this website. So she starts investigating her first case. And of course, this makes her realize that actually there's a lot more to the supernatural than she first thought. And that maybe everything that she's grown up hearing about as far as like magic and the fae and all these kind of like supernatural monsters, maybe that's not really something that she should have dismissed all these, you know, all these years. So she's trying to build a new life for herself. She's kind of interested in this guy who lives nearby, but she's not really sure if he's somebody that she can trust. Um, he seems to have a lot of secrets and she's pretty wary of men who don't seem to be transparent because of what happened with her husband. So I have no idea like what exactly is in store for her, but I really want to find out. And I hope that this novel does well so that this is the series that can continue. So this is Starlight Web, Moonshadow Bay, book one by Yasmin Galinorn. And it comes out some point in December um, between the 7th and the 28th. So this might be what gets me to read Yasmin because me very happy. Yes. Um, there are this paranormal women's fiction started out like among about 12 different authors. And then I've noticed over the past, like six months, more and more authors that I really enjoy are, you know, putting, um, putting their own series into this. I mean, Dorinda Jones, KF Breen. Um, I, I think it's, it's pretty cool. I, I'm going to read, I, I think this is going to make me read Jasmine too. Okay, the last book I'm going to talk about tonight is probably my most anticipated book as well. It's so different from anything else I'm used to reading. Um, it's called The Bitter Wine Oath by Hannah West, and it comes out on December 1st. I think it's part of that whole December 1st club, so this must be a good one. I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, it kind of like reminds me a little bit of like it because it has like a, a reoccurring um, thing that happens every couple of years. So in every 50 years, um, there is uh, the 12 men are claimed to be murdered in a small town in Texas. Oh, yes. And um, it in Lino, Texas. So this brings a lot of like, um, reporters and um people who are like uh, looking into like different blogs and podcasters it brings them all to a small kind of town in texas and the town kind of profits off of this like um kind of like sketchy or really scary backstory so our main character her name is natalie coulter and she is not really sure what to make about all these rumors circling around the town she lives in um, specifically circling around her great-grandmother's um, cult of wronged women. Oh. And yes, <laughs> it, gets, it gets, um, gets deeper and more twisty. So um, there are lots of, like I said, true crime writers and people who come to this town and kind of capitalize off of its uh, reputation or its um, backstory. And um, Natalie doesn't really know what to think of all this. Is it true? Is it not true? Um, Maybe it is, maybe it's not. So um, Natalie learns of the warden's supernatural history. So 
um, it seems to me that there's this group who call themselves the wardens and they kind of like are the town's um, uh, like for lack of a better word uh, like um, coven or cult basically and apparently they know or apparently they're behind this mysterious um, targeting and killing of like men every like 50 years so Natalie is kind of like thrust into this world to figure out what is really going on here is it like is it really a cult or is it like a copycat killer or is it a serial killer like who knows what's really going on so residents in this town begin to get claimed so meaning they're being chosen by the cult basically to be sacrificed and one of the people who's been chosen is a guy named Levy Langford and he is um kind of I guess you could say Natalie's (laughs) ex-boyfriend um she kissed him and now all of a sudden he's being marked as or being claimed as one of the cult's next victims so yeah Hmm. Natalie becomes even more um even more driven to figure out the mystery behind this cult so it sounds like a very interesting book, not like something I've never read before. Um, it kind of reminded me of it in that something weird and strange and bad happens like every periodically, um, every like couple of year decades, and it like haunts a specific town. So I was getting strong it vibes from this. So I'm really interested to see how this plays out. And again, this is called The Bitter Wine Oath by Hannah West, and it comes out on December 1st. Sounds like a good one. Yes, I'm really excited to like I don't know, like I said, it, it's like nothing I've really read before, so it'll be interesting. Walter I'm just very disappointed me. that the main character's name is not Natalia. I know, I'm sorry. My last book of the night <laughs> comes out on December 8th and it is called Layla by Colleen Hoover. Yay, I love Colleen Hoover. I love Colleen Hoover too, but I must make a confession. The synopsis of this book made me sad. Oh no. Because it looks like it's going to be a cheating book. Uh Uh-oh. And cheating books, I don't like cheating cheating books, books. but they're like a train wreck that I can't stop watching. And so I read them. Like one of my favorite books of all time is a cheating book. It's awful. And I reread it the other day and it's still one of my favorites. But what do I know about Colleen Hoover? Her books are never what they seem. So it might absolutely not be a cheating book. So, of course, this book is about Layla. And it says that the book explores the enduring spirit of love after tragedy. So, you know, maybe not so cheaty. Yes. Maybe not. So when, maybe not. So when Leeds meets Layla... He's convinced he'll spend the rest of his life with her until something unexpected happens to Layla. I think it's some kind of attack. They're not very clear, but it's pretty bad because it leaves her fighting for her life and she's in the hospital. However, we do know that she does recover physically, but the emotional and mental scarring is quite extensive. So she's kind of changed of course by this and it seems that she's no longer the woman Leeds fell in love with but he still loves her of course so he wants to put their relationship back on track and he takes her to the bed and breakfast where they uh, first met 
But once they arrive, Layla's behavior becomes absolutely bizarre. And a mm. bunch of things, really weird, inexplicable things happen. I don't know if this is like a ghost thing. I'm telling you, like, this book can be so many things. We just don't know. It's very ambiguous. <laughs> it does sound very twisty. <laughs> yeah, very twisty. But, you know, then Leeds starts to feel distance from Layla and he finds solace in Willow. Another oh. guest of the B&B with whom he shares a connection because they both have the same kind of concerns, maybe for Layla or the occurrences or their feelings for each other. We just don't know. But he's very curious about Willow and um, he wants to help her find answers for something that she's looking for as well. But helping her puts him in direct conflict with Layla's well-being. Uh-oh. So he soon realizes that he has to make a choice because he can't help both of them. But if he makes the wrong choice, it could be detrimental for one of them. Oh, boy. Or for all of them, including But himself. no pressure. No, no, no pressure. pressure. No. <laughs> Which one will he choose? I guess we won't find out until this book comes out, which is not on the magic December 1st, but instead <laughs> it's on the sad December 8th. I have to wait for. That's right. So this, oh, oh, well, I guess it's there's something happy about it then. Yeah. So I mm. guess it's it's well, December first will I guess hold us over. Yes. yes. So this is Layla. It should by <laughs> Colleen Hoover. Maybe a cheating book. Maybe a ghost book. Maybe a thriller. We just don't know. But I know that whatever it is, I'm going to enjoy it like I enjoy all her books. All right, so this brings us to the end of our most anticipated books of December episode. Thank you to Stacy, Kira, Kristen, Brooke, and Natalia for picking such fantastic, a fantastic variety of books this month. Thank you so much, as always, to Christine for all of the fantastic editing that she puts into each and every episode. And thank you to all of you who join us as we talk about the fantastic books we love. If you would like to leave us a rating or a review, you can do that on Apple Podcasts or any other platform that you use to access the show. Not only does it tell us what you think, but it also helps other people find us when they're looking for book-related podcasts. Um, it kind of advances us in the Google algorithm. So I will be back next Tuesday morning with an author interview and, of course, the guide to new releases. And some number of us will be back on Friday with more bookish greatness. Take care, everybody. Mm-hmm.